Well, hello there, babes, and welcome back to the Babe Cave. This is another episode of Your Place or Mine, and I'm your host, Bay Savage. All right, babes, I've got something quite special in store for you today. This guest is hilarious. He is the first cishet man to be invited onto the podcast. Uh, He was chosen strategically because I don't think he's trash. So I would like to welcome onto the show comedian, pie man, podcast host, hilarious John Mostyn. Hey, John. Hey, that was the best intro I've ever had. I don't think he's trash. I love that. (laughs) That's great. That's great. That's how, actually, one of your former guests, usually, uh, Natalie Norman, that's how she likes to introduce me on stage. This guy's a Capricorn, but I, and I hate them, but, you know, this guy's okay, sort of thing. So, yeah, I, yeah thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, uh, thanks. And everyone who's listening, they probably stopped listening now. You said, first straight yeah. white man, they're all like, oh. I can hear that. Even though, even though this isn't live or anyone's here, I can I can see and I can feel everyone's eyes rolling right now. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I'm, everyone's I'm, getting I'm, a little bit defensive. They're like their guard comes up just a little <laughs> bit. Don't worry, John is welcome in this space. It's going to be great. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I'm I'm, I'm pumped to be here. I'm pumped yeah. to talk. To, I'm really happy just to talk to anyone at the moment, right? So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all feeling that a lot. Uh, yeah. So I completely appreciate that. Now, I first met John. Well, I didn't meet him the first time I saw him. I saw John performing for Tinder Tales at the Gladstone, mm. and that was. I don't know. I don't really know what time looks like anymore since it was pre-pandemic when we could like sit next to strangers. John was one of the performers and I love Tinder Tales, obviously very in line with a lot of things that I find hilarious. John was super funny and very attractive. Everyone will have to take a peek. (laughs) I, uh, as I've mentioned in the podcast before, I only spend time with attractive people. So obviously the first cishet man invited onto the show was going to be someone attractive. Uh, well, I mean, you, you haven't seen me uh, post-pandemic, so, you know, maybe I, I got this, like, big, dirty mustache now, because I'm just like, I, no one's seen me anymore, so I don't care anymore, but I've, yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird time, because I'm, I'm like, I, I just don't, I don't care about what I look like anymore, so I, I yeah, it might not look the same as... Uh, what you imagine, but that's right. So I should go with pre-pandemic John. Pre-pandemic John looked great. Got it. So when I pick a photo for this, I'll do an older one. Yeah. (laughs) Please. I posted a picture from when I was 27 the other day on Instagram. And I was like, I used to hate myself when I was 27. And I looked at it and I'm like, I'm so attractive when I was 27. Fuck. I was not, I was not making full use of all that hair and smooth skin. (laughs) It's just, it's it's a downhill journey for all of us. Really, it really, it really. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little bit of a sad mindset, but it's fine. We're just all getting older, and I'm not excited about that. But it's fine because I'm forever 27. 27 is the year I have chosen to be for the rest of my yeah. life, and it doesn't matter that it's been seven years that I've been 27. It's fine. Well, I just turned 40, so that's, that's a big a, one. And I've turned 40 in uh, in a pandemic, sitting in my house on my own with my cat. <laughs> which, <laughs> I'll be honest, would have been the way I would have celebrated my 40th of COVID. There you go. (laughs) Still very on brand. Does turning 40 put you into what they would call like daddy territory, even though you don't have children? Um, If you ask Brandon Ash Muhammad, then yes. That's uh, if you know Brandon. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Uh, I think so. I think that's, uh, 
I think I'm a, at an age where younger women would consider I'm old enough to be their father. Yeah. So yeah, that's... I don't mind when uh, like Brandon calls me, right? Because right. I, I think if a girl is calling me in a serious way, I don't know. It makes... Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, if anyone's... Uh, I don't know. If someone called me in the bedroom... <laughs> I don't know if anyone's called me in the bedroom. I think but it hasn't bedroom, happened? In the bedroom, I think that would be weird. It hasn't happened. I don't think... I don't. I wouldn't date a girl young enough to call me daddy. Right. In the bedroom... I have a hard time being serious so like when people want to like have dirty talk in the bedroom <laughs> I, I can't like because people like here's the thing because I'm from Scotland right every girl is like talk to me dirty in your Scottish accent I'm just like no <laughs> I'm like I don't I don't want to <laughs> I can't be serious I can't say I can't say anything that people say because I don't because I don't drink so I'm never like when I'm having sex right. I'm sober right when right. I'm sober having sex and people want me to say like dirty things it just I don't know. If, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, it's just the, I'm just shy, I guess. <laughs> right. That's fair. I definitely like, obviously the accent. But I'm when, uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And I think the accent will put, will play a part into it. <laughs> yeah. Women always want me to talk in a dirty accent because I'm Scottish and everyone here is a freak for accents, right? Yeah. But, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm actually like, I, I don't, I, I'll do it. As I say, I'll do it. Right. But I'm not like, please call me daddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> that's weird. Yeah, that, that didn't sound good. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. not, not here for that. Yeah, I think asking to be called daddy is a super, super weird thing. And I think it's just porn influence. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, if you watch too much porn, you just start thinking that porn is real life. So if someone, like, I, I don't really, I don't watch porn too much anymore or at all, really. Yeah. Because it's just, I don't know, it just makes... I don't, sex, it's not a reflection of what sex is, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, I don't know, I'm not, I don't know, if it, I always feel a little weird watching porn, so I, I don't know. <laughs> so did you not watch porn when you were younger? Like, just porn isn't a thing that's been a big part of your life? No, because I'm like 40, like when I was younger, if you had to right. watch porn, you'd have to like walk into the woods and try and find like a page out of a porn magazine that someone right. left under a rock different world you know or like someone's dad would have a videotape and then you hope that like I, I remember being a teenager right and like someone's dad would have a videotape under his bed and then like when his dad would go to work we'd all like get the videotape and we'd all sit and watch this videotape of some weird porn that his dad watched <laughs> <laughs> and it wouldn't just it wouldn't be me on my own it'd be me and my friends we wouldn't be jerking off friends. we'd wow. just be like we're just watching it and then <laughs> Just taking notes, just learning so for the I, future. Well, that's the thing. So I didn't grow up with like porn on the on like the internet and stuff like that. And I was a very like late adopter of the internet as well, right? So right. Maybe that's why I'm not as much of a freak as everyone else. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just haven't done the research. Well, I just, I just, yeah, I don't know what's open. Like, I don't know what the options are. You know? <laughs> There's definitely things that I didn't know I was into until I saw them in porn, and I was like, mm, I'm turned on. Okay, really, let's really? explore this. Yeah. Really? Like what? A lot yeah. of it's like rougher stuff. Okay. So like I like getting slapped in the face. Right. <laughs> and that's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, my last girlfriend was into that and I couldn't do oh, it. Oh, really? You couldn't see that's the thing is and I, I've talked about this on episodes previous. Getting slapped in the face by someone who doesn't think it's hot to slap someone in the face is so horrible. Yeah. It yeah. It's, it's so, like it's, all, it's like calling someone daddy who doesn't want to be called daddy. <laughs> like yeah, it just like, doesn't work. Yeah, one girl I dated liked to, she she said she liked to be demeaned. 
And mm-hmm. I was like, is it not enough that you're dating me, Jane? <laughs> Jesus Christ, you want me to meet this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, you could literally date anyone and you're dating this guy. So like, I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> and I do think, so the accents thing's interesting. And the, the timing of me recording this episode with you is I just started watching the show Outlander. Okay, I see. Now you're, have you? <laughs> now you're all horny for people. I, I have to say, it. yeah, it's like, we don't have video on right now. So I could kind of disassociate. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you're Jamie Frazier right now. And it's yeah. super, super Nothing's hot being recorded right now this is just for you <laughs> yeah this isn't even an episode that's going out to the rest of the babes and just like using this for personal content honest, I, I find it weird that i don't know i never was a thing for me that people were into accents until i moved to canada because i lived in australia for a while and australian people didn't really care for like accents and stuff like that as far as i remember they weren't it's not not so in canada and north america especially everyone's like crazy about scottish accents and especially like everyone's read too much harry potter I think everyone's <laughs> yeah. too, too into English guys and accents and Irish guys and stuff like that. And and I'll be honest, as a person with an accent, like people people always say to me, "Oh, you must get laid all the time with that accent." And I'm like, "No." And I'm like, "Am I am I am I missing something out? Am I missing something?" I I didn't I don't know. Well, and I'm curious. So obviously, like, yeah, I'm a sucker for accents. So I have obviously like I dated an English guy for like a year. And so that was really great. And I went to London and fucked a bunch of English dudes so that I like have positive experiences with the English accent. And I think even with Irish guys, because there is a billion Irish boys in Toronto. They okay. all live down by the harbor front in like three different buildings. Yeah, and they all have cocaine problems. That's all of them. Yeah. yeah. All every single one. It's not a thing I have a thing for, you know what I mean? Right. Like people have a thing for accents. I don't I don't really care. Um I'm trying to think if there's an accent that does it for me. <laughs> no. No, they don't exist. And that's okay. No, I don't think so. No, and, and again, I haven't done as much research. Maybe, maybe. Right. So tell me a little bit about, obviously, 2020 was crazy. Mm. Uh, mm. You had some really cool things come out of 2020. So tell me a little bit about kind of like how you pivoted when you weren't allowed to do comedy anymore uh, and what you started doing. And then let's talk about what dating looked like for you in 2020. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm a comedian and comedian, uh, comedy kind of all but stopped. Um, so I spent the first... Three months, and actually, what had happened was at the start of the year, I broke up with someone, a girl I'd been dating, and then just pre-pandemic, a girl that I really I had a crush on for a long time, just out of the blue, asked me out, oh, which wow. was very—I know—very rare that it happens. And uh, we went on like a couple of dates, and then about a week before, and the week before the pandemic, she kind of ghosted me, and oh, and no, I know. So it was it was fine. I mean, like it. But I, but just going into the pandemic, I was already kind of sitting in my house sad anyway, right? So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was already like, you know, like in my house. Um, but yeah, so the first part of the pandemic sucked because I was just like, uh, in my head, I was like, oh, if we'd have still been dating, we could have been quarantining together and it could have been this romantic novel, you know what I mean? Right, um, yeah, totally. But that was just me being, that was just me being lonely, right? So um and then after I spent the first couple of months like, oh, there's no comedy. I can't see my friends. I live alone. I was kind of didn't know what to do, sort of freaking out. So I did mostly what everyone did. I was watching Tiger King, baking bread. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just, yeah. just doing the same. I was on my phone like fucking all day. 
and I, and I was and, and I was baking a loaf of bread every day, and I was like, <laughs> so much I, bread. And I was I know so much bread, and I was baking like a, a tray of cookies, and I would just be eating them, and I'd just be watching shit online, and you know DMing people and trying to fucking just talk to anyone, and um, it was just it was just getting bad, and I was just like, this is not. I know that this is going to get worse. Yeah. So what I, what I did was like I I started like baking more and I, I had this idea for a long time about make it like oh like back home there's like um you've been to the UK so do you know you ever did you ever go to Greg's when you were there? Ah, uh, it doesn't it's sound familiar. I don't think so. It's a bakery that's like a chain. It's like I can only describe it. It's it's not people would be mad if I say this, but it's kind of like Tim Hortons, but not really. <laughs> but it's not, it does, it's not the same, but it's kind of like, it has baked goods, it has donuts, you know, um, but they have these amazing pies. And like one thing about Scotland and Britain in general is like, they make, I mean, really good, like steak and ale, cheese and onion, and like, even like a curry pie or whatever. And um, no one really did it here. And and then no one really, and I'm, I'm vegan, right? So like, I, no one had, a, there was no vegan versions of those pies either. Um, there's a few, uh, there's a few British style places now that have pies, but no like plant-based stuff. And I was always like, I, I was like, someone should do that here. Cause there's a, no one's doing it. Not, and I never thought that I should do it. And I used <laughs> right. to be a chef. So I, I went to school for a culinary arts back in oh, the day. Cool. I worked in a chef, worked in a few vegan places here, a few British places. And I've worked all over and blah, blah. And, um, but then I gave it all up to do comedy and then that stopped. And then. I was like, I'm going to try start making these pies. Just the reason why I did it was I wanted to see, see my friends. And I, I, you remember the start of lockdown? No one really wanted to see it because no one was really sure how bad COVID was and stuff. Yeah. So everyone was very, like, very careful about seeing you. And, but so what I did was I'd bake, uh, I'd make these pies. And I was like, oh, these are pretty good. So I'd, I'd go to my friend's house and I'd be like, can I drop you some pies and just say hello from, like, <laughs> a distance? Yeah. Just so to see someone, that's really that's really why uh, why I did them, and then they were fucking good pies, and yeah, people started sharing them, and then I was worried about Serb as well because I didn't know like what was going on with money at the time. This was you know, so I was like, I don't know what to do. I mean, the, the comedy is uh, like because at the time everyone was like, oh, it's only going to be a couple of months here, a couple of months, yeah. so we weren't sure, but. Um, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to start making these pies. And then I just decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just start trying to sell these pies. And I, I originally thought that I would just sell a few to my friends, cycle around the town <laughs> and just for something to do and something to do to take my mind, to take my mind off just being depressed in my house. Yeah. And then I called it pie lander. So it's a pie lander on Instagram and <laughs> Like I do vegan plant-based like savory pies that are like kind of British style pies, you know, shepherd's pies and steak and ale, but it's all vegan and I deliver them to your house and you're actually, you were actually one of my first customers, I think, as I remember. Yes. Um, I, basically, and I know nothing, I know nothing about having a business, <laughs> nothing about any of this stuff. I, would, I just went into blindly and I just was like, I just started an Instagram page and then I was just like, hey, I, I'm I'm making these pies and then people were like, fuck yeah, right? And, then, <laughs> and it, so many people ordered and um, and then it just it just spiraled into that. Now I, I have a legit business that I've been running for 
I guess six or seven months and I've got yeah. more followers on my Pylander page and I have in six months than I have in six years of doing fucking comedy. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Hurts my ego a little bit, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, <laughs> but I get it because honestly, like, and it's, it's actually been great because it, it, it gave me something to do. It got me out and about doing exercise. It brought me into a world of things that I'd never knew anything about the vegan world you know, posting on vegan Facebook groups is like, ah, uh, it's terrifying. Uh-huh. That's got to be a scary place. <laughs> it's terrifying uh, because, yeah. you know, as much as vegans are supposed to be compassionate people, they, they're vicious sometimes. And um, I, I was worried about, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, and, and then like, you know, I was trying to find places and then I suddenly found wholesalers and finding kitchens to work out of. And and then I bought a car. Fucking, I have a car. Yeah, it's never, huge. Right, you know, so. Yeah. And I had more money than I've ever made in all <laughs> So, um That's so awesome. And it, and, it, and also, you know what it did? It got me out of my funk. Yeah. It got me focused on um, myself. And it gave me a sort of belief in myself to like, oh, I can do stuff for myself if I actually like, like, because I had this idea of doing these pies forever, but I never had the confidence that anyone would ever do, like I would actually ever do it. So yeah. kind of, it kind of uh, actually the COVID is actually it's been pretty good for me in terms of personal inner stuff, right? Totally. Uh, because going into COVID, I was pretty depressed for a long time because I, I I I got sober four years ago, so I'd been dealing with sobriety and all the emotional things with that and depression and going to therapy and so and it was just a roller coaster of crazy stuff for the longest time. So it actually forced me to be like, oh, you gotta you gotta start doing stuff for yourself and yeah so the pies thing was great um that's awesome I have to say about the pies when COVID happened and like all uh I have so many contacts in comedy in service industry in events and it was just like fuck this and I know that I'm really lucky that I stayed working the entire time because I'm in an industry that's tech and stays remote. And I remember when you first posted about pies, it was just like the only reason I bought pies is because I thought you were funny and I wanted to support comedy in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> and then these pies showed up and I was like, what the fuck? How is this the food I never knew I needed? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> They're funny honestly because- so good. Well, it's funny because that's what happened all my friends supported me all comedians and people that knew me because everyone was trying to support each other at that time and everyone had syrup so everyone was fucking flush for the first time yeah um, but then people were like people said so many people said this to me which you know I I get why they said it but I was also like it's a bit of a cunty thing to say I was like (laughs) they were like they were like ah I thought they were just I was going to support you I just wanted to support you I didn't think they were going to be anything but they're really good you know so (laughs) So you know, it's been great. And, and that's one thing that actually has been great about the pie thing is um, it's made me very aware of supporting other people in their businesses, whether that be just comedians or artists or local shops or stores. And even if that's just been a tweeting the thing or posting the thing or buying smart or, you know, any way I can support stuff. Um, and I, you know, I was doing a little bit before when I was doing comedy, helping comedians and stuff, but the way that people have been helping me, it made me realize like, oh, it really pays to help other people too. And just to have that little community thing, you know, it, it really, yeah. it's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's been most of my years doing that. Um, and then comedy came back in the summertime a bit. So we're doing like some outdoor shows and. Yeah. I was lucky to see you at a few shows. Yes. Yes. You were at a few shows and they were, they were, they were fun. 
But it's so yeah. weird because it's like that was the first year of everyone getting used to outdoor shows, and I feel like that's going to be the future of stand up for a while. Yeah. To be honest, totally. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was nice to see people. Good to be out in the summertime. So I was doing that, and uh, to go back to your your podcast themes and stuff. I started dating. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me about dating in 2020 because that's a little different for everyone. At first, I was. Do you remember at the start of lockdown, everyone, I, I remember I was talking about this on stage as well, I was like, the start of lockdown, everyone's talking about how horny they were, you know, <laughs> everyone's yep. like horny and thirsty on Instagram and it, it, people, even girls you hadn't really talked to in your life, everyone was DMing, you're DMing them, <laughs> DMing you. people yeah. are just showing you their tits here and there and yeah. like, you know, just, it was pretty, it was a pretty horny time, people. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's but, just how I live my life all the time, well, but so, yes, so, yeah, it okay, was well, more than normal. Well, that's, that's something that I, I, I was very new to me. Um, maybe that's maybe that's been going on all the time, but that was something that was very new to me. And uh, people were horny, and I'm like, it's been two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> how can you be horny after two weeks? I've gone years without having sex. I don't understand <laughs> how to the hard time. Um, right. But so, so yeah, the start of lockdown I was doing the same thing everyone was doing. We're just trying to fucking somehow bang, even though there was a pandemic going on. <laughs> Yep. You know, all the single people want to fuck, but it was like a pandemic. So everyone was kind of like a weird, uh, everyone had their own thing. I think it was just a lot of, for me, it was a lot of flirting going on online. Yeah, totally. But then, um, did I go on any, I, you know, I was on Tinder and Bumble and all those things. But and I'll be honest, even pre-COVID and stuff, I was never a big dating that person. I just, I don't have the time for it. I just... I'm not a big fan of just going on dates willy nilly with random strangers. I just, I'm, it's not for me. Yeah. Um, I've all, I've always just dated someone I've known or a friend of a friend in a group of friends. I, I'm very uncomfortable with small chat. Uh, the way I mean, most okay. people, are, most yeah. people are. You know, I know I'm not, I'm not an original person saying that, but right. um, I get very nervous and shy on dates. Right. And I get very awkward. I, I really do. And when I, when I used to drink. It was fine because you can have a couple of drinks. Totally. And then after a couple of drinks, you know, it, things get a bit looser and everyone's a bit more at ease. But when you don't drink, and I'd, I'll date someone who drinks. I don't mind if someone drinks. But people are very, um, it, it bothers other people that I don't drink, I think. Because someone will either be, they'll not drink on a date, but that's a new new thing for them. So they're nervous. Yeah. Because they're used to having a drink, or the opposite will happen is they'll have a drink, and then they want to have another drink, but they they feel like I'm judging them, right? And I'm not. Yeah. You know, well, I am. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, well, actually, fuck no, you for drinking. <laughs> no, I feel, you're having another. How dare you? No, yeah. I don't mind. Like I don't mind. So, but I think that other people mind, and also people are very like, yeah. Oh, you don't mind if I drink and all that, and so it's a so I. It took me a while of dating for me to be okay with being comfortable and also uh, learning how to make other people comfortable on dates too because I know yeah. that they're nervous if they're not a drinker as well. Yep. And then you go for coffee and then you know what happens when you have a coffee? Everyone's fucking starts talking shit, right? They're just like... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because you're just like, you're already nervous and now you're just energetically nervous. But then you're just like blanking out and then like you just walk away from the date and you're like, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. I just remember just... <laughs> jabbering you know like <laughs> um so uh with dating um so i've never been big on just meeting people on dates um so with uh, the pandemic thing yeah i was kind of like trying a little bit but not i don't know 
Um, but then I started chatting to uh, a girl who I've known for years um, through friends of friends, and we used to work together a little bit. Um, so we started dating. We we went on for a date, um, which was a bit, which was a lot, a lot more comfortable because we'd known each other for years. So it wasn't like a we had more stuff to chat about. Um, right. Um, but the, the weird thing about that date was the first date was. I remember going into it thinking, okay, it's COVID. Everyone's going to be weird about dating. So I'm not going to try and like either hug or kiss or anything. I'm not going to try anything. I'm just going to be very respectful of space. And I know this first date is going to be very like that, you know, until we figure out a boundary of where you're at. And um, after the date, we had a really, really great day. We went to a restaurant, we chatted for hours and then at the end of the day, I was so I stood there, and then she was waiting to get. I had to go. Actually, I was going to the show that you were at. You were at the show um, um, at Dan's house. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, so she she couldn't go. Um, she, she was waiting for an Uber, and I was like, okay. I was like, this is the awkward part of the date where I'm like, yeah. And, and it's COVID. So you're like, you know, I don't want to lean because this is the thing about being sober as well on dates, right? Is when you're a little drunk, you can lean in for a kiss because you're a bit more, like, feeling it a bit more, Totally, right? But yeah. when you're sober and you lean in for a kiss or something, like, in my head, I'm always thinking the girl's going to be like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You're fucking, what do you think you were doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, so that's that, that's always playing in my head, you know? Right, just, yeah. I, I think it's just, I'm not, it's just I'm not a very confident person like that. I, I've been more confident as the years go by getting sober, but, like, so in my head, I was like, okay, I don't want to lean in even for a hug because I'm like, right. you know, I, I don't know what people, everyone thinks. Yeah, so, um, there's different rules. There's different rules and everyone's comfortable with that. And I think that's fine. And like, you know, yeah. I'm, so I was just feeling it out and she just kissed me like with tongues. <laughs> <laughs> and no one had touched me in six oh months. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, so I was like, okay. Right. I was like, <laughs> no. And like. You know, it was. I mean, yeah. I'm. I'm joking about it. It was really nice, and uh, but it was weird. And yeah. No, it was just weird because no one had even touched yeah. me. That's <laughs> like sen- sensation overload. And then straight into like what? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because someone had t- shook my hand. Uh, well, when I was doing pies before that, and I just shook the hand out of like pure um, instinct. Yeah. And after they they left. I, I could feel like I could feel this person's hand on my hand. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like, oh, yeah. I know. I was like, oh no, <laughs> I don't know if I get still so, so weird. You know? I, I know um, it's so true. So yeah, so we went on some dates, um, and we dated for about a month and a half. It was fun. It was a summer. We had a good summer sort of fling stuff, and then nice. um, yeah, we split up, and um, I split up with her. I, I actually had, I mean, this is going to get sad, but my, one of my best friends died oh, about a year and a half. Shit. So a month and a half and maybe two months into I was dating. And it kind of, because of COVID and like my business was going fucking crazy and I didn't know what was going on. And then my friend died. It kind of threw me through a loop. So I just was like, I can't date someone right now. So that's, that's kind of what happened with that. So, um, so, but ever since then, I haven't really bothered. Yeah. And now that, lockdown like this weird lockdown that we're having yeah. as opposed to the the, the summer of you know <laughs> the, the fun summer flexibility yeah, yeah this, the fun summer lockdown was fine but this lockdown yeah. has been like so uh, yeah I, I haven't really dated much um and I don't think I'm gonna because um 
I don't know. It's not. It's not even so much a, a safety thing. It's just like I can't be fucked. Yeah. I'm so, fu- <laughs> I'm so busy. I'm just like, it's there's a whole like, there's a whole uh, thing of like meeting someone, and then with COVID, it's obviously you got to you got to figure out what's going on there. Um, but also like someone coming over to my house and going on a date. I don't know. You can't really. The thing is, you can't really date someone right now. I know because there's nowhere Cause to go there's on a date. And it's cold. Yeah. You know. And yep. anywhere that you can go is indoors and it's going to be your house or a car or something where you don't, that's not, that's a weird first date. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless totally. you know the person well enough to be comfortable with that. Right. So, yeah. you know, you can't meet someone on Bumble and be like, Hey, you want to come over to my house? I live right. alone. You know? <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. I don't have any roommates. Right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and if they say, yeah, you'd be like, Oh God, I don't want someone who's going to say yeah to that either. To come I know <laughs> like that easily. <laughs> Yeah, it's honestly, it's a fucking struggle. Like, I'm at a point right now where I had kind of like a regular fuck Mm. uh, in the fall. Lucky girl. And yeah, it was great. Uh, Like, the sex was good. He was smoking hot. But then I just like, I don't, I didn't really like him. (laughs) Mm. Just like as a person, like we had just been casual for so long and it was pretty much like, kind of like a drop by thing and that's like fun for a while until it's just like I'm actually not getting anything from this and it kind of makes me feel like trash so I'm gonna yes. stop doing this well see this is the thing that now that I'm 40 and you know sober and not a fucking 20 year old crazy drug addict do you know what I mean like <laughs> I don't I'm like I'm like that kind of thing it sounds hot you know having yeah. someone to come over and fuck but I'm also like I, I just don't I don't have the time for that. It's like, it's weird. You know what I mean? If you don't like yeah. someone, but you're still fucking them. Yeah. Like what? Like, I I think I, yeah, I th- I definitely have to like someone to fuck them. Yeah. I don't think someone, I think someone, Um, I had the opportunity to have sex with someone recently. Mm-hmm. And I said no, because I knew that it would just be sex. Yeah. And I just can't be bothered with that anymore. And yeah. I, it's not that I'm looking for a relationship or anything. It's just like, I, but that's the thing. I'm not even looking for a relationship. I'm not, but I just don't want to have sex with someone just for the sake of having sex. Yeah. And you I know? think that's the, the issue is like, what I would love to find is what is like classically considered friends with benefits. Yes. Where you can actually have someone that like you like to hang out with and yes. whatever, like go for walks, watch movies, like hang out and talk about life and then also have great sex and not need to get married. See, see, that's that's the um, that's the 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 beautiful thing that doesn't exist in the world. That everyone, <laughs> everyone's looking for that. I know. Everyone's looking for that because even in my head, I thought to myself, I was like, "Yeah, it'd be cool to like what you just said is the same thing. It's like someone comes over, you know, on a Sunday. We go out for coffee. We go for a drive. We go for a walk. We have tons of sex, and then she goes home. Yeah. You no, know? but we hang out. We have fun, and it's not like it's someone I like. But then, but the problem with that is at some point, someone's, no one's on the same level. You're never going to have the same people on the same level of that's what we want. Someone's always going to either want more or not want more. You have to get to a point where you have to walk away and have either respect for that person or yourself, right? Yep. And the interesting thing that I learned about moving to Toronto is it's normally men who want more. Like where I had always kind of thought it was the opposite, where like it was always like the woman who wanted things to get more serious. Here, yeah. it's just men falling in love on a regular uh, I mean, basis. That must just be a you thing, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> you just people just fall in love with you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just, I'm just really amazing, well, and that's where basically you from? what's up. Where are you from? 
Uh, well, I just grew up in Guelph, so I'm not that far from here. Right. But so I guess Guelph's more of a. I've never been to Guelph, but I'll I, I I'll make an assumption that is more like a working class. It's a student town, so people are a bit totally. more. Um, people dating in Toronto is awful. Yeah, it's it's actually it's just so bad. Awful. Every single person that I know is single, and they all complain. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter like it doesn't matter your sexuality, your gender, your age. Everyone has the same fucking complaints about everyone you know if you're yep. a straight person dating uh if i'm like a straight i'm a straight guy and i date women i'm complaining about women and then i, I know my straight women friends are complaining <laughs> about guys but all my straight women friends they're all awesome they're all dateable do you know what i mean and it's just like what is it about toronto that makes everyone not want to like commit to something everyone needs 20 partners and or they're not dating or they're con- i don't know everyone's like do you know what i find about toronto dating is toronto dating is a lot like everything in toronto it's like renting a house it's like having a job everyone's always well looking for something better but there's nothing better yep that's exactly what it is right everyone's like totally. always looking for a better apartment but there's not one they don't the exist they don't exist for the price you're looking for it right no you know Everyone's looking for a better job. It's like, they don't exist. Or if they do, how much effort are you putting into finding it, right? It's rare. Yeah. And there's, you know, and it's, you know, I've lived in Toronto 10 years. Oh, fuck, what date is it? Coming up 10 years. <laughs> then the, I, I moved here at the end of January 10 years ago. And uh, I never really successfully dated anyone. And for the longest time, I always kind of thought, well, is it me? And sometimes it was, but like, a lot of the time it's just like, Toronto. I think it's Toronto. Yeah. I agree. Um, And everyone has the same complaint. So it's like, what, so what's the fucking, what's the issue with people here? Yeah. And I really think it's that whole like plenty of fish syndrome where it's like, yeah, this is a fun connection, but there are thousands and thousands and thousands of eligible people like next door to me. So I'm going to move on. Yeah, that's true. There is a lot. I mean, everyone in Toronto is fucking hot. Yeah. There's there's so many babes. There's so, there's so many hot people because I, I mean, Hopefully no one in my hometown listens to this, but uh, <laughs> but like when you go somewhere else, and even in Canada, and then you come back to Toronto, you're like everyone's fucking ugly elsewhere, man. Like people in Toronto are fucking beautiful <laughs> people, right? I walk down the street. You walk down the street and you see I see women, and I'm just like, where is this beautiful supermodel woman going to? Where did this per- where does this person exist in Toronto? Where are you? Why do right. I not know you? Do you know what I mean? And like. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I guess that's what it is. It's just, there's too much. So that's the problem. Yeah. It's like, it's like you go to a restaurant with too many options on the menu. Totally. You kind of want one each and you, you kind of, then you start going, well, can I have half fries, half salad? Can I get a bit of this? Can I, you know, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> then the people that are in relationships in Toronto tend to be very long-term relationship. Um, I found, but I do, I have found that most people that are in long-term relationships in Toronto will have other partners too. Yeah. That seems to be a thing that I've found out recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've kind of, this is why I, I always feel hopeful about dating and meeting people, but then it never happens. And then, so I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer or whatever, but I'm always like, <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, is it Toronto or is it me? You know? Yeah. And I, that's obviously super fucking bleak. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, but that's... No, no, but honestly, it's like, oh, look, there's a cishet man who is allowing it to be vulnerable. That's good for the team. But I think, honestly, it's like, I have that a lot where it's like, I've been single-ish 
for a little longer than I'd like to be. And like, I'm pretty sure I'm fucking awesome and attractive and like a great partner. So it's hard to be like, yeah, it's Toronto, it's Toronto, but it's like, okay, but like, I'm also kind of a common denominator here. So what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've never quite figured it out. And anyone, anyone else who I've talked to about it, who has the same problem, doesn't have an answer either. So I guess I think it's like, um, I think, do you know what it is? I think as well is Toronto is a town that doesn't know what it is. And if that makes sense to you, because it's like a town that's trying to be cool, but doesn't know what cool actually is. Like New York's a cool town, you know, it's like very like, I find it's like people, there's things going on, people know who they are. It's, but I think Toronto, no one knows what they want. I think yep. when they live in Toronto, everyone wants to move to Toronto to kind of go, I'm moving to Toronto to make it or something, right? Or they want yeah. to move into the big city, but no one actually knows what they actually want. No. So I think that also comes through with dating. It's like, no, do, do people actually know what they want? When you say you want a relationship, it's like, do you though? It's like, because well, that comes with a commitment to something, right? Yeah. And then how do you find like six months down, a year down the line, you're like, actually, no, you know what? I don't want a relationship. But I think it changes. So, and I think that's okay too, right? You know? For sure. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that there's been like, since we all kind of had this reset time, where we had to like focus on ourselves <laughs> yes. and like maybe some creative things and some positive things came out of it. I'm hoping that once we do freshly come out of this at whatever point that will be, I have faith that there'll be some more positivity at that point. Yes. So that's my, um, that's my one thing that I'm very, uh, um, was we positive about for after COVID when, and again, whatever that's going to be, I think it's going to, like, I'll be honest, I think we're, we're in this for a bit longer than than just a few more months. I think we're, yep. I think this is a longer term thing. So this is where I'm feeling hopeful because this is why I'm not trying to date too much either now or too much. Not I'm not trying to date at all, but um, it's because I'm taking this time to, like, you know, look after my mental health, look after my physical health, figure out what it is that I'm doing here and what I want out of my life because, you know, you can see how quickly life just gets taken away from you with what happened with COVID, right? You know, I'm 40. That's a real age where you got to go. It's a big one. The big one, but it's, it's that kind of age where you're like, well, I'm not young, but I'm not old. So I still have a chance to do something cool with my life. You yeah, know what I mean? So totally. So I'm like trying to figure that out too. In terms of dating, you know, I spent so long just being like, you know, like drinking and partying and going to parties. So it was just like hookups and casual stuff. And that never filled me with any, that never filled the hole that I was looking for. Yeah, it know? never does. It never does. It no. never does. You know, it doesn't matter. Cause you, you know, I look back and I'm like, you go, you slept with this person, or that person is like, who cares? That's where I'm also like, well, what is it I want to do in terms of relationships? And I, and I'll be honest right now, not too sure. So I'm not really, and I'm also like, I don't want to, I mean, this is a weird time to date, but I also, mm-hmm. I'm very, don't want to fuck anyone about. Yeah. I don't want to fuck myself about. I don't want to fuck anyone else about. If I don't know what I want, I, I want it. This is something I've learned about getting older, actually, is I, is just communicate more about your needs to someone. Totally. And relationships and sex. And I found, and I never used to do that because, you know, no, how, how many people do that is very rare. It's very, it takes a very yeah. mature attitude to do that. And, not, and, not, and it's uncomfortable at first. But yeah. once you start doing it, it actually gets a lot easier. 
And I think doing a lot of therapy as well was helpful for me, but I find that if you just communicate and you're direct with people about what you want, then you'll get what you need back. Yeah. And if you tell someone, look, I'm looking for this, and if they say that's not what I'm looking for, then it's like, well, why waste your time with that person? So that's so with COVID, I'm not dating, but I'm I would like to meet someone. I really would. I'd like to meet someone cool. I'd like to meet someone who's doing similar stuff to me, who's like not a comedian. That's a bad yeah. path to go down. Yeah. Um, no, there's nothing wrong with comedian dating comedians, but like it's in terms of professionalism, it's not never it's never a good idea. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to meet someone who's in the arts, who's creative, who has their own life to into like self-improvement kind of stuff and yeah just has a good outlook on life um and it's rare because you know it's it's hard to get the right balance but um yeah. I think people are out there and I hope that people are doing I hope that people are doing deep work on themselves even yeah and I live alone and I want to say this to anyone who's living alone who might be like oh I'd, I'd like someone to be here and all that it's like it won't change anything yeah. it's like do some deep work on yourself and it will make things a lot better for you in the future even now I've been doing a lot of work uh writing stuff and uh, creating stuff on my own and my and I've been like wanting to post it online and I'm like you know what I don't need to tell people what I'm doing this is for me and I find yeah kind of like it's gonna sound cheesy I'm gonna I'm gonna make no, it sound okay. okay but I'm like <laughs> I'm kind of falling in love with myself I'm trying to find oh, self-love love right so yeah. um and that's the only way you can be a good partner to someone as well I think you yeah. know because I grew up, my parents were very abusive to one another. Where I grew up was a very rough working class town. Everyone was drunks and just, they don't communicate. And they're all like, they all hate each other. People are married, but they hate each other. You know that? And that's not, so I didn't ever grow up with positive ideas of what a relationship would look like either. Right. So I just spicy sex stories. I but, feel like I'm getting like, no, really like. <laughs> no, honestly, like it, it's okay. The episode has gone in a different direction than I originally okay. anticipated, but I'm loving it. Um, yeah. and okay. I, at the end of this, like I might even have enough for two episodes worth of content. Which is oh, really sorry. Cool. I, man, no, I've no, no. gabbing on. So don't apologize. I'm like, I would have cut you off if I was like done. <laughs> Such an important piece of it is like when you talk about like when you're fucked up, and like things aren't okay for you. Like, mm. why are you going and fucking up other people? And I think like yes. being self-aware enough to be like, you know what? Like uh, I need to work on myself and that's a priority for me. If I connect with someone and they're looking for something different. Like, why would I lie about what I wanted just to fuck with them? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I really hope that throughout this, like that self-reflection has happened for a lot of men because Mm -hmm. I think it's just, it's so easy to say you're cool with a connection with someone be, like even if you don't want the same things because it's like there and they're available and whatever and it's so fucking damaging <laughs> to everyone like even yourself even when you're the one who's making the mistake that's I think so so important to hear because yeah it's like I know it's not easy for men to be vulnerable and I know that like society tells you to not talk about your feelings and I have learned that as men get a little bit older, there gets to a point where like you do have to start doing more introspection into figuring out what's up. And also a huge contender for therapy. I also see a therapist and I think everyone should. Yes. And so I think like a lot of things that you've talked about on here, all of the other cishet men that are listening, because I know there's like, <laughs> like a bunch of you, <laughs> take some notes. <laughs> 
because John is giving the right impression for what I think we all need a little bit more of in Toronto. And I appreciate you being vulnerable and like being honest about this stuff because I think it's a really important conversation. It's, it's very important. And I think that, um, men, well, yeah, men, especially, you know, um, don't do that because we've grown up in a world where we're told not to talk about our emotions we're not we're not told to communicate so even like when you talk about things like my sex life has gotten a lot better since I've gotten sober because you just spend time like actually enjoying sex instead of just fucking someone right do you know what yeah. I mean and like and because m- m- men don't talk to each other enough about stuff and they should and I'm very open I'll talk about anything and I'll talk about how how much of a fucking idiot I've been in the past and don't get me wrong I've I've I've, I've been an idiot right and yeah. but now it's like well you have to take ownership for your bullshit and there's a better life to be had and it's like the thing is when you when you when you're fucked up you want to just jump into a relationship because you want to someone else to look after you basically yeah and that's really not healthy mm-hmm. and then you always end up finding the person that's equally as toxic, you know, for whatever reason, or you end up fucking the other person up and then that that's a whole spiral, right? And it's like, yeah. we got to stop doing that to each other. And that comes down to just taking some time to work on your own stuff. And it's really fucking hard. And it's taken me a long time and therapy and eating well and exercise and all the stuff that people don't want to do. Um, it really works and and take and and taking ownership of your bullshit and trying to just be a better person so that you can be better relationships for not just in like like with a partner but with friends and your career and everything and it it just gets better it's hard but it's better than the fucking the running away from yourself right yeah I totally hear that and I think for me like coming through like the last six months I did, like I tried to do a bunch of dating in the summer and then like nothing really stuck. And I got to a point where I realized it was just like, I'm feeling sad a lot of the time and I need to process that. And I need to figure out how to be comfortable with who I am and being on my own. And I think I had gotten to a point where at being single ish for longer than I wanted, you do start to question like, okay, like what is wrong? Like, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to improve? And when I made that shift where it's like, okay, let's stop talking about why other people don't like me and start focusing on how I can love myself more. (laughs) And when I made that shift, it's like, yeah, then I'm, there's so many amazing things that come out when you treat yourself better, you focus more on what's important to you. Like the podcast came out of this and I think I needed to take a bit of a step back from dating and be like, okay, all right, now I'm just investing a whole bunch of time being disappointed by men. <laughs> like, that is not serving me. So let's pivot and move in another direction. And it's frustrating because so many people have their own bullshit that it's yeah. hard to find people that are really doing that work. But that being said, ever, ever since I got sober and started doing work on myself, every girl that I've dated has slowly become more... Every one of them I've dated has been awesomer and awesomer than the next one. Um and I don't date any toxic people. I don't even fucking hang out with toxic people. I don't have time for it. Yeah. Um, and even if that makes me feel lonely and I don't mm-hmm. get laid as much as I could, I could probably get laid a lot more if I if I just dated people who are fucked up. Totally. We you all mean? could. Yeah. We all could, but it doesn't, again, as we were talking earlier, it doesn't fill, I mean, you do fill a hole, but you don't fill <laughs> the hole that you're looking for, right? <laughs> exactly. That's not what anyone wants. And honestly, like, the sex toy industry 
has been fulfilling enough in the meantime. Yeah, can I just say, um, you know, the sex toy industry for women is amazing, um, but I think the sex toy industry for men, I was thinking this the other day, I, I, <laughs> this is, by the way, I just want to preface this by this is a stupid joke, this is not be me being serious, but um, <laughs> someone will take this the wrong way, but I, 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 bought, I, I bought an Alexa, like Bluetooth, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, why has Fleshlight not made an Alexa? You know, you could just, an Alexa that you can fuck, then you don't, <laughs> you wouldn't be alone. <laughs> all of the problems <laughs> alexa turn on uh, some uh, me music. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can see alexa starts getting like really pissed off like oh here we go <laughs> at least clean me this time john <laughs> yeah fuck have some standards <laughs> this has been awesome i have really really enjoyed the conversation oh, with you thank thanks you. Thank- this has so been much. so much fun thank you so much for having me this is great um and yeah anyone out there who's alone and thinking about just having casual hookups don't don't do it just work on yourself it's much more fun and if you're horny jerk off first and then you won't you won't de- you won't message that person you, you, you're going to regret later right see we are here in the babe cave we are sex positive but be smart about it like stop fucking bad people who are bad for you and like obviously fucking stay home <laughs> because right now that's what we need to be doing and if you're so- gonna have sex do it for a glory hole oh god that's what the government says the government i you know what honestly when that first came out, I was like, thank you. <laughs> We're figuring this out. <laughs> All right, great. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Once again, our guest was John Moston. You can find him on Instagram at Moston Comedy. Also find his delicious, tasty pies at the Pylander. Please order them. I don't care if you're fucking vegan or not. They are come the most delicious. If you want to see me, I'll come to your door. Yeah, you get... Well, I'll come to your door. These pies get delivered to you by an attractive Scottish man. So, like, really, what are you fucking waiting for? Come on. Exactly. Cost you 20 bucks. Great. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, babes. Well, thanks so much for listening. Once again, this was another episode of Your Place or Mine. I am your host, Bay Savage. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at BaySavageXO. You're listening to this on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. And I hope everyone is figuring this out. We are going into all of these quiet weeks with a little more positivity for the future. So have a great day, babes, and I'll be back again next Sunday. 